Ahoy, Noiros! Welcome to episode 99. Also, in a weird way, episode one of the late episodes. But there's many reasons for that. We'll get into that. Accusatory Dan. Gentleman Joey here to say, welcome to the show. And you ready for this, Dan? That sounds so good. That's my back. (laughs) Oh, yeah? I threw out my back this week and it sucks. Yeah, and and well, what did you learn about that? Don't do any. Don't do anything. Yeah, exactly. It's best not to risk it. Yeah, I don't it's even know what not. I did was bad. I don't. I don't know. We mentioned earlier. I think it's just you hit that certain point in your life where you know exactly. the thing, the things you took gr- for granted back in the day that you could just do without really exerting yourself. Any yeah. small exertion, you know, you run a risk. I got thirty eight like two weeks away, Dan. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's the mistake. I don't know. You that's this part far. of it. Hey, Thanksgiving happened. So yeah. you, you guys weren't going to listen to the episode anyways. And, uh, you know, it's all right. We're keeping it loose. Yeah. Loose as a Thanksgiving goose. Thanksgiving is behind us. Let's let's never mention it again, Dan. I'm kind of grateful because if we had to, like, connect it to this movie, it would have been pretty impossible. Yeah. I feel like there's Just probably a, a, a film noir out there that has Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving related. So we'll maybe we'll find that for next year. But I think we're going to find it by accidentally seeing it and be like, oh, that would have been good. Yeah. Like, it's just going to happen to us. But that's OK. That I usually happens. That's why I found a lot of Christmas ones. Yeah, we don't. You guys don't need more movies for Thanksgiving. Christmas. Yes. Thanksgiving. No, it's one day. You barely hyped it up. You, you get food, which is something if you're lucky, you get every day. You get plane trains and automobiles and you get sign in law. That's what that's go. what that's what you get. <laughs> and I don't remember the episode, but go through the archives and find our brilliant idea for son in law too. It was good. It should already be greenlit, but maybe this the the big Hollywood producer has not heard that bit yet. Yeah. I forgot about that. I will never forget. It was yes. so good. I I'm mean I forgot until me. you mentioned son in law, but after anytime I think of son in law now, I will think of son in law too. And I will also think of The Crimson Komodo, Dan. Released October 21st, 1959 from Columbia Pictures. Not a lot of credits to give on this one because this bad boy is written, produced, and directed by Samuel Fuller. He's back, Dan. Round three. True or horror. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. I'm very much looking forward to getting into this with you. But first, we got to have some taglines. And I'm going to say... Right off the bat, Dan, these taglines suck. But I was very happy to hear that Samuel Fuller felt the same way. He had no control over the promotion of the film. So yeah, that's fine. We were lucky to get what we could get in 1959, as we'll get into. Uh, yes, this is a beautiful American girl in the arms of a Japanese boy. Ugh. Yeah, no shit. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, a motion picture of startling frankness. Vivid emotions. All mm. right. There's some vivid emotions, yeah. It's the least offensive because here comes the last one. Oh, no. What, <laughs> what was his strange appeal for American girls? What? Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. I hope someone yeah. got fired for that blunder. I, I think it is a testament to, obviously, to the times, but also just like they, I don't think the studios got what Samuel Fuller was going for. I, I don't, oh, not at all. They, they did not watch the movie and, and, understand what actually was at the core of it so 
though I could see them taking credit after the fact because it was a, a, a success both financially yeah. and critically because of I'm sure a lot of the budget was stolen shots like this intro we're about to get into <laughs> yeah but that's what makes Samuel Fuller the best you know he's gonna get it done and he's gonna you know try to make sure what he's the story he's telling has something to say and I mm. always appreciate that from him you know not a lot of people get to step up to the plate and have something worthwhile, but he always made sure he's up there. He's going to do it right. Mm-hmm. We get credits, Dan, with a drawing that slowly develops into a painting, which by the end of it gets signed by Chris. Who's mm-hmm. that? I wonder. We'll get into it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I hope we're a podcast. After all, we're talking about a movie. I got a good feeling about this one. But anyway, hey, Los had... Angeles. Oh, what? what, what? I'll just say we, we've had good track records with with people painting stuff in in, in movies that we've covered. A la Scarlet it's a, Street. It's so, a solid letterbox yeah. list for sure. There's a lot of art in film noir. If you're looking for tropes, I'd put yes. that on. You know, if you're making a movie with everything, yeah, give me a painting, baby. Laura. Yep, Laura. Talking uh, Laura. Illegal. Yep. Because you got Edward G. Robinson. He loves his paintings. There was one semi recently, wasn't there? Well, there was the 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 woman on the beach because he had the painter. Okay. Um. What else he got? I was not test, prepared test for this. Time. Test time. Yeah, I was not. I was not prepared for this test. Well, that's the theme um, of the episode, Dan. We're late. Yeah, it's true. It's already been a while since I watched the movie, so I'm already gonna struggle <laughs> with that. Um. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm, I'm gonna have to go back and 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 look through but i mean I, honestly i'm proud of myself for the ones i was able to recall off the top of my head I, you I did I good and ultimately that's yeah. not why i'm giving you the tisk tisk but okay someone will tell us you listen to the yeah. show we're testing you audience welcome to it we're right almost in. at 100 dan so it's time for a quiz we were pretty good so far but now we should we're, we're grading you tomorrow gotta have one of those on the instagram you know that's true that is a function that exists but i'm we afraid to get nothing and then i've shown <laughs> our ass and that's not fun don't worry, I'll make up a bunch of fake accounts and, okay. and, and answer. That's all I ask for. <laughs> all right, moving on, Dan. We need we have places to go, people to see. That's true. But we're in Los Angeles, duh. It's a film noir. Uh, we're on Main Street, 8 p.m. in the little Tokyo part of the city. Uh, we're going to go catch a burlesque show. That sounds like fun. On sure. stage, we got in person, according to the lights, Sugar Torch. And the nudie dolls. <laughs> what a what a great name! Yeah, it's like all right. What do we got? And you got uh, playing Sugar Torch's Gloria Paul, who you know is briefly in this movie, but is a lot of fun. She's having fun on the stage, mm-hmm. having a grand old time. She goes back towards her dressing room, and when she opens the door, someone shoots at a painting of her that was in there. That painting we saw in the credits, remember? Mm-hmm. And then they uh, start going to shoot after old Sugar. She runs off barefoot through the streets in, in that shot we were just saying was stolen. So mm-hmm. nobody knows that what's going on and they're not reacting to it, which is weird. But yeah, that's, that's no one, cool. No one stopped. Yeah, but maybe that is realistic, Dan. I mean, people are disappointing. Well, I think there's a bit I was I, I saw the Eddie Muller intro and outro for this movie uh, when uh, Nora Alley showed it. And I think he even mentions it that like, the studio heads when they saw it were so appalled that no one actually stopped uh, to, to do anything. He's like, what's that say about our society today that no one even truly you know, bad an eyelash, you know, for that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Um, now it's not a shock. You're like, yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> Why would that? 
Um, she's dead. Fun fact, they used a stunt person for Sugar mm-hmm. Torch for that last part because, you know, there's no reason to be collapsing in the street. Maybe that's why they didn't react. They're like, oh, we just saw him change people. That could be it, yeah. <laughs> we see the cameras. Yeah. Come on. Something seems off It's here. old Samuel Fuller doing another movie. We see him all the time stealing shots. That's what he does. So Sugar's dead, R.I.P. And if there's a murder, Dan, you know what that's going to be? Homicide detectives. Yep. They do that sort of thing. So naturally, we got to meet Charlie Bancroft. That's Glenn Corbett. And Joe Kaijaku, played by James Shigeta. I think it's Kajoku. Kajoku? Or or, or Kajaku. I think it's Kajaku. Yeah. They're on the case, of course. These guys, the best buddies. They served in Korea together. We're going to find out they live together. I mean, it's a really early example of like the buddy cop film. I mean, when you Dan think watch about this it. Eddie Muller video, all right, he's doing all the quotes. I'm calling hey. you out. I'm calling you out. I mean, it's true. I mean, it's it's hard to deny it. I'm just saying. Absolutely. But I mean, there's no co- like comedy. in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's I really mean, just two friends that are cops. I mean, that's not too unheard of. Well, they're buddies and they're cops. So then you put them together and you got buddy cop. I'm just all, that's all I'm saying. I mean, I, know, I think I, they're more friends than buddies. All right, and maybe that's, that's the problem, Dan. Maybe that's what we're going to get into. Yeah, because there's that level of uh, almost like authority in a way, because I think it was, I can't remember his name in the movie, uh, Charlie mm-hmm. uh, was was his officer. Like he he was like a higher rank than him. So right. I think there's going to be at least that level of difference. And that does play a role in, in their dynamic throughout the film as well. Absolutely. There's a lot to squeeze into this very brief amount of time. Yes. So, yeah, they're questioning people back in the dressing room and these detectives they learned that sugar was developing a new act it involved paintings which were going to tell a story she was going to be dressed as a geisha and she was going to have a a japanese man play her lover in it who would get killed and there was going to be a karate expert on stage who did that like it's very involved Yeah. yeah so they're cool we got some leads let's let's go ahead and follow up on those and you get to see, I mean, the cool thing about Samuel Fuller is when he does like sort of the split scenes, you know, where like two things are happening at once and you're kind of going back and forth and you see Joe, he knows everyone around town and you see that Charlie kind of knows like the seedier people, you know. So Joe, he goes to his lead. He goes looking into karate dojos and, and the local kendo businesses. He eats apples. <laughs> you get to see some boards being smashed. That's always fun. And he finds the guy that was going to help Sugar with her act. He asks him for more names while eating his apple. Charlie, meanwhile, he's talking to Mac, who is a drunk artist friend of his. And that combo, you can imagine, will make for one pretty eccentric person. Yeah. He's trying to find the artist of that painting from the beginning of Sugar in the kimono. And Mac is like, I don't know. I'm going to need a drink so I can clear my head and figure out that information. What do you think about Mac, the drunk artist friend, Dan? I think it was an interesting character. Um, kind of similar to the old lady in Pickup on South Street. That was yes. Ritter. I don't remember her name in that movie, but yes, that, no, that's a good, that's a good comparison. I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. I think that's just definitely like Fuller has that always has that kind of character in there at some point, like some type of character that brings in that. Like, it's almost like it's like comedic, but it's like, it also, there's like a sadness to that. Yeah, there's know? a sadness to it and there's an importance to it. Like, oh, like yeah. to, to, to the story, like there's some type of, you know, it's not just it doesn't seem as arbitrary. Like in this case, like she does have some play in this in this 
you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like people that elevate the plot, but also, I mean, like he has like a sympathy for older women in particular, you know, people that just kind of fell on hard times and, Mm -hmm. you know, aren't bad people at all. So it's, it's always fun to see that character pop up with a little bit of Samuel Fuller charm. This is like in the middle of his career too. So, I mean, he's, he, he knows what he's doing by this point. Right. But yeah, Charlie's talking to Mac. So yeah, she's like, can I get that drink? Charlie gives her a bottle. Dan, it's a hundred proof booze. That's too much. That's all of the proof. <laughs> that's every proof. <laughs> that's not that's not gonna clear your head. That's gonna be cloud it with a hundred proof craziness. But she Maybe calls the next morning. No, not at all. She's a pro. She's drunk. And she's like, oh hey, it's uh Christine Downs, aka Chris, if you're friendly with her. Mm-hmm. That signature we remember. Now we really get to see more of Joe and Charlie's place. We mentioned their roommates. That's cute. Can you imagine if we lived together, Dan? You think we'd be good roommates? That would be interesting. Yeah, it might work out. I mean, I think our our collective collections uh, combined would be quite massive. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The li- yeah. We could open a library with the library. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. No, I yeah, mean, we, we would be entertained. I think we're annoyed by enough of the crucial stuff where we would be looking out for each other. Yeah, I think we, I think that the things that are frustrating and noise about the world at large, yeah. I think are relatively similar. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I would think. never inflict that pain upon you. Same. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right. Well, it might come down to that. Stay tuned. <laughs> One day. <laughs> uh, we got to get the place that they got, Dan. They get room service at their apartment. That's an option. Because at first hey. you're like, oh, it's a hotel. But no, it's a, it's an apartment. It's lived in. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's how they did it in Los Angeles back in the day. Or they just had a really nice landlady. That's true. Yeah, you don't see the nice ones too often. Maybe that's why they're off screen. The nice ones know to get the hell out of there. Right. Makes you think of Carnival Souls with the creepy lady that runs the place (laughs) where she stays. And she always like, oh, I can make you a sandwich. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, that was a thing back then. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, how to with John Wilson. You know, you know. Yes, exactly. Hey, mama. Hey, mama. (laughs) One of the greatest relationships. <laughs> oh, I, that's due for a rewatch for me. I gotta oh, watch yeah. that soon. Um, but that yes, at this apartment, you know, they're uh, they we see the friendship. Joe has a girlfriend. That, you know, that he's like, I, I don't know if we'll get along because she came from Japan, whereas Joe is like second generation. You say, yeah, yeah. He's that's, so he's yeah. he's like Ben, and you know, he grew up in America. This is what he knows, right? So they get into fights all the time about that. So that's not any fun for him. That's not something Joe wants to think about. Yeah. Charlie's like, you know, hey, hang in there. We'll figure it out. Couple of bachelors like us. What could go wrong? So Charlie, he goes to question Chris, who is an art student at the University of Southern California. Mm -hmm. And Chris is Victoria Shaw, who I found out was Australian. That was surprising Mm -hmm. because she does a very good job with the American accent. I really like her. I bought it. Yeah, she was fantastic in yeah. this. So she was the one that did that portrait. It was commissioned by a Mr. Hansel. Mm-hmm. He's going to play into this thing. And Chris is like, hey, or, uh, or uh, Charlie, excuse me. You got a lot of C names. He's like, hey, why don't we, can you sketch him? You're an artist, right? Like, you can yeah. figure this thing out. You sketch him and we'll, we'll put this thing out there and that'll help out. And Charlie really is, is taking with her right off the bat. He's flirting with her and, you know, she seems to be into it. They do the sketch and he goes and shows her around the city. Meanwhile, Joe, he's 
doing his thing, following some leads. He talks to some nuns, two very helpful nuns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were cool. A nun informants. Yes, exactly. And they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's Shudo. You got to find him. He's the karate expert. He was going to help out with Sugar's show. And he, he actually knows an old friend of yours, Mr. Yoshinaga. Why don't mm-hmm. you go talk to him? And so he does. He finds him at the local Buddhist temple where he is celebrating the anniversary of his son's death or observing, I guess, not so much celebrating. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah observing, yeah. Honoring. Exactly. All true. Choose your own adventure. He loves his son, Dan. Isn't that nice? That is nice, yes. You can't always count on such a thing. That's true. So after this ceremony, Joe's like, hey, buddy, let's talk. We we got to figure this thing out. And he takes Joe over to the Koga Rice Cake Company, where Shuto works at the factory. Mm-hmm. And Joe comes in, he's talking to him. And he, as soon as he mentions uh, Sugar Torch, he, he runs, he bolts for it. And they get mm-hmm. into this glorious fight in the street. Uh, Shudo lifts Joe over his head, which is amazing. Like throws him. He's like, oh, you like apples? He yeah. tosses him into yeah. some. Just like apples. in uh, Brute Force. <laughs> oh, I was that made me think of that. Yeah, over his head. I was like, wow, we're getting another another dose of that. Another letterbox list for you guys. Yep. People getting chucked. I feel like um, like over their City heads. probably had that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Killing. Just think hmm. of all the wrestler movies. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to look into it. These are good excuses to rewatch these fantastic movies. But yeah. love this whole fight scene. It, mm. It's so good. It's classic Samuel Fuller because, you know, when the violence is here, he's doing it right. We're in 1959. It's a good time for noir. Colombia, who does good stuff always. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show. <laughs> it's in this uh, lovely... Make another shout out. That's how you got this. Okay. I was curious about that because when I went to find it, uh, Indicator had done it, but it was not going to be shipping in time for me, but I pulled it off. I thought about getting that one. And then I I found that it's in uh, the the Noir Archive, the nine film collection in volume three, 57 to 60. Mm -hmm. Um, It's in there. So that's how I watched it. And the print looks great. Um, Excellent. It's it's from uh, Mill Creek and Kit Parker films. And yeah, I mean, can't, can't rep these, these little, uh, nine films i mean you get such a, a good value for bang these. for your buck yeah some really great gems in there some no, some fairly no ones and a lot of more obscure ones but it's a nice mix I, that's what I, you want you know yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a variety of like types of film noir some are a little bit more than others but yeah it's it's cool and this was in, in the third one this they do it by year um or set of years so yes yeah, nice. so this is the the last one volume three it's in that one a couple cashews few almonds you know you gotta pick around but you'll find what you like yeah sure <laughs> uh yeah so the fight's great joe loses him unfortunately after that meanwhile back at the station poor chris he's got to look through endless phone book size mugshot books like that's not fun yeah. no charlie's friend mac who we remember of course she's worried because they put this sketch on tv and <laughs> she's like you know hey dum-dum the person knows what's going on here. They're probably going to go and kill her after this. Yeah. Try to, you know, clear all that up. And wouldn't you know it back at the sorority, which also there's this great scene where she's talking to one of the sorority sisters and she's like, Oh, Chris, they should have got you to do the art because whoever they got to do it really sucks. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, it was me. <laughs> and then you also got this like gun slowly coming through the shadows, which is great. And a phone call like that, comes yeah. in. It's uh, Mr. Hansel, 
And Shot goes through the glass. Yeah, he's like, "You're you're dead. Heads up!" And he's really sweaty too. And then you see yeah, that gun coming more, and the shot is taken. But thankfully, she survives it. And for her protection, she's gonna move in with two boys, two sexy yep. men. <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. And she's left alone with Charlie, and she's freaking out about, of course, having someone trying to kill her. That's that's gonna shake you, Dan. Mm-hmm. And he's there to be Charlie and as she's crying he gives her a kiss and complications are going to start to begin Mm -hmm. and then Joe he senses this kiss he cock blocks him with a call coming in he's like hey I need some backup at the pool hall that guy that threw me took me over his head and threw me uh, I might need someone else to take him on Yeah, Shudo so cut to Shudo just beating the shit out of him (laughs) and Charlie shows up and they're finally able to take him down I mean they really like they have those cuts and them just like pounding on him and chopping on him Mm -hmm. it's relentless and they're able to take him down and get some information which leads them to a library to talk to a paul sand who is uh, an expert the uh, the asian specialist at the public library Mm -hmm. Uh, his boss is there they're talking to his boss and they're like he's like no way it could be him paul's the greatest i love this guy uh, yeah. yeah, sure. I guess I'll call him anyways, just to find out. And he's like, <laughs> oh, oh, he uh, quit uh, without explanation. Uh, whoops. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that peculiar? <laughs> so the boys, they go ahead and show Hansel's picture around. And Charlie, in the meantime, is like, hey, Joe, I'm uh, I'm calling dibs on Chris. Like, I like her. I really like this girl. You apparently have some girlfriend that we never see and heard about one time. You know, you're not going to be a problem. So that's my life. We're best friends. We talk about these things. We live together. This girl is staying with us. Just calling my shot. All right, let's get back to work, everyone. They go to visit Roma, who is a wig maker, who apparently knows Hansel, but she don't talk to cops. A lot of people don't talk to cops. Yeah. Apparently, they don't like being called cops either. But you know what? Fuck. They don't. Yeah. They're fucking (laughs) cops. Shut up, you cops. According according to Charlie. Yeah. Fuck Charlie. You're cops. How dare you? Besides, it's not like we're calling you pigs. That's true. They don't know what's waiting for them on the other side. So she's she's a wig maker, but they're also making like these little wigs for like these dolls for like the celebration that's going on, right? Like she's like in this like I, I wouldn't call it like a factory, but I guess it kind of is. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, not like a full on factory, but definitely yeah. there's rows of people working on one these dolls thing. for like the they're doing like the the celebration. Yeah, Nisi Week, I believe it's Nisei, it is. Nisei, Nisei, yeah. 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 There's a big parade coming. I'm sure that's not going to show no. up at all in this movie. But yeah, nope. they're working on that. And yeah, she's, she's not helpful. So there goes Hansel, or there goes uh, Roma. Mm-hmm. Then you have this next scene, which is really cool, how it like cuts back and forth between Charlie and Joe. Charlie is on his way to go talk to an informant named Ziggy. Mm-hmm. Ziggy Ziggy's a fun name, so enjoy that. Yeah. Meanwhile, though, Joe is watching over Chris. He's playing the piano. Chris is psyched. I mean, you know, they're both artists, and of course they're going to connect. His father was a painter. He's got beautiful sense of melodic fingers on the keys. He's doing great. He's killing it. And uh, romance is blooming. It's bloomed. I'd say it's officially (laughs) bloomed. It was good to go. And it made her completely forget about Charlie, who, I mean, I think her and Charlie was more just like, yeah, all right. But, you know, like, you're fine, but I, you know, I'm not falling in love with you. Yeah, I'm sure there was like maybe some physical attraction, but I mean, there was not, didn't seem like it was much deeper level. He did, in a way, take advantage of her grief. And, yeah. 
not I mean it wasn't like skeevy or anything, but if you really want to put it down on paper, probably could have waited a little bit before pulling in for that kiss. He moved pretty fast. I mean, it, he was moving it, pretty fast on the first meeting, so that's true. I mean, I heard even time. when he moved in with Joe, he moved in too fast too. It was like, whoa, yeah. give me a month. <laughs> yeah. So that's happening with love is in the air. And Charlie, though, he doesn't have any love at the moment. He's following his lead from Ziggy. He's got his gun out. Someone throws a cat at him. That's fun. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like so clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but put it on the letterbox list. Cat noir. There's so many. <laughs> yeah, there's Postman always rings twice, right? Yep. There's one other one, too. I can't remember. Uh Oh, there's um. Well, we haven't done cat people yet, so uh, there's there's that. What's that ever? <laughs> oh, we're doing it sometime. Oh, uh, probably, but you know, we'll see if we could put that off. There's um uh, that that that. What's the? Oh, my name is Julia Ross. There was a cat in that, wasn't there? There was, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Proud of my memory. I was getting worried that I would. I was like, "What's the one with the lady who gets taken?" Uh, the, but no, yeah, all of one. them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was worried about. So Charlie busts in, just gun blazing, and it's just a woman and her child who are understandably frightened by this whole thing. That did not go well. He didn't even say, hey, open up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Turns out, though, he was 10 minutes too late. He just missed Hansel. Ah, well, that's mm-hmm. a shame. I love this woman, though, Dick. She talks to her daughter. Her name is Katie. And she's like, Katie, can you believe this guy? He asks me, uh, do have I seen Hansel? Of course I've seen this guy. Uh, I just, yeah, I just, this guy right here. It was so funny. Well, how do you know he's not coming back? Katie's asking me, how do I know? He took his bag. That's why I'm cleaning up. How do I know? Well, what kind of a bag did he have? Katie, what kind of a bag? I don't know or care. Katie also has the worst haircut ever and stares <laughs> into the camera. So there's a little fun fact about Katie. Yeah. Joe is so mopey because he knows Charlie likes this girl and he likes this girl as well. And he's feeling way bummed about it. Meanwhile, Charlie's like, I don't like this mopey side of you, dude. You got to get it together. Yeah. Are you going to be able to back me up on anything? Meanwhile, at the same time, Chris and Mac are hanging out. Couple artists having a drink, sharing Mm -hmm. a smoke. And she's starting to learn how close these two men really are. You know, if it wasn't obvious already. Yeah. And, you know, how deep she is in this whole thing and how it's going to be trouble. Yeah, didn't, uh, was it Joe gave blood to Charlie in the war? To Charlie. The war? Yeah. Exactly. It's like, I got your blood pumping through me. And I'm glad me. it's not your brains or whatever. Yeah, yeah, later on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the way Charlie is taking this, this is where things, there's a lot of misunderstandings. Dan, yes. You know, yes. A little discussion would go a long way. Charlie. Yes. Charlie knows his friend Joe and he's like, I think Chris might have been a little racist, you know, and that's probably why Joe is being so weird. Meanwhile, at the same time, Joe is like, I think Charlie's or I think Chris is being a little racist, you know, like Mm. there's so many misunderstandings like that. And it's such a shame because that's clearly not what's going on. Right. Chris is starting to freak out about this. Of course, Mo gives her a little advice. She says, quote, Love is like a battle, Chris. Somebody has to get a bloody nose. Mm. Kind of like love truth. is a battlefield. <laughs> That's right. Hey, she stole it. What the hell? Pat Benatar is paying royalties. Time traveling Pat Benatar. Yeah. I would watch that Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> yeah, didn't Hannah Barbara make that one? They did. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm misremembering, yeah. of course. Of course. That's all right. <laughs> 
have this full set DVD. Who could forget? Yeah, it's coming back. More oh, give, give me that Blu-ray. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. Uh, and so Charlie and Joe, you want to talk Battlefield, they're going to battle. It's Nisei week. How'd you say it, Dan? Nisei. Nisei, okay. Or Nisei, yeah. At a kendo demonstration. Because they both partake in kendo. Exactly, as yeah. you do. You know, they're best friends, Dan. I mean, we partake in kendo. That's sure. We plan out the podcast by partaking in kendo, but we're gentle. Unlike yeah. Joe, who's going fucking nuts on his buddy and beating him down. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And after that, Joe's like, oh, by the way, hey, buddy, I uh, I like Chris. I, I love her a lot. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. I was just taking out some aggression. <laughs> yeah. And Charlie's like, oh, you do, huh? Uh, whoops. Well, you know, you did give me your blood and everything. Do you think you'll marry her? And then this is where his misunderstanding of racism. He's like, oh, fuck you, dude. Like, how dare you? Instead of kind of realizing the situation of, I think the your friend's just a little bummed out because you just stole his woman. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's being pretty cool about it, all things considered. So, yeah, he's projecting a lot, you know. Exactly. Now he also is projecting that onto Chris and he's like, all right, fuck this. I'm out of here. I'm packing my bags. I'm, I'm going to bail from the force and I'm out of town. So peace out. And they go to catch him at a, a diner, I believe, mm-hmm. some, some sort of something. And yeah, it's a diner that they go to a bunch. Right. 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 Yeah. Charlie catches Joe there and he's like, oh, guess what? Surprise. Chris is here, too. We all want you to stay. Why don't we just talk? Sorry about misunderstandings. We love you. Nobody's actually racist. Things are good. And Chris is like, oh, wait, hey, I think I see Hansel just walking by. Isn't that a quinky dink? Yeah. And so they're like, oh, shit, let's get the gang back together. You know, they do the predator handshake. Yeah. and, (laughs) And all is well. And we're back to work. They go after Hansel. And they try to corner him. And he's like, I'm just the Asian specialist from the library, you know? Remember by name? Paul Sand, right? That's what that was his yeah. name? Yeah. yeah. So I was just trying to help out Sugar Torch with her act. There's nothing wrong here. And I'm like, well, why did you shoot her then? And he's like, I didn't shoot her. And then Roma's like, oh, you like timing? Here I am, the wig maker. I actually shot the old Sugar Torch. Sugar Torch, yeah. Also, I'm gonna shoot at you. <laughs> yeah. Or right, Charlie. And well, she was Joe- jealous. She thought she thought there was really something going on between Hansel and Sugar Torch, which yeah. Exactly what wasn't. we're about to find out because Joe yeah. goes after her through the parade. It's another race through the streets. He has to shoot her, which takes her down. They're waiting for the ambulance to come. And here's where she's like, Yeah, it was me. I was jealous. But then it turned out Hansel didn't even like her. He was just, you know, doing some work, helping out with the show. I really like the touch with the all the the kids that are wearing the masks. Very the, creepy. Those, yeah, and then they're all around, but it's like it has that like judgmental look where they're all kind of surrounding her, like kind of yeah. judging her. And I just I just thought that that really struck me. I was really interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean it's a creepy way to die, just surrounded yeah. by faces like that. I actually uh, just watched Brazil because Brooke had never wa- seen it, and it Ooh. kind of re- reminded me of that with the little baby faces and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What, what did you think of that? It was great. It was uh, yeah, she. She also hadn't seen American movie. I have not yeah. seen that. I know, oh, I've buddy, never seen it. Yeah, get right to it. Streaming on yeah. Criterion, I believe, at least until the end of the month. It was well, the one that passed away, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's how I know more about it yeah. recently. Yeah. No, definitely very recommended. I feel like there was one more, but it was a lot of like here's some classics. Didn't know you didn't see these. That's interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, now Brazil's uh, Brazil. I haven't watched in years, but it's I've seen it many times, and it's great. 
holds up, Dan. I think you'd yes. still like it. Oh yeah, I'm sure I will. Any any kind of dystopian movie I'm all about, but with the humor and uh, I love the retro futuristic. Vibe yeah, it's like it's, I, I love a yeah. future that's just like barely ahead, you know? Like yeah, it's retrofitted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's always very fun. Uh, both movies streaming in the Criterion app. Brazil, if you like noir, film noir, hey, ending will make you pretty happy. Yeah, <laughs> or, it's ish or not? Yeah, ish. But hey, let's wrap this bad boy up, Dan. Joe is like, hey, sorry about this. You know, this woman was clouded by jealousy and thoughts that took her astray. And I I don't want that to happen to me. So I'm sorry, Charlie. And Charlie calls him a meathead, which I liked. Yeah. Chris and Joe make up. They kiss. And then Mac shows up at the end to be like, this is how we end the movie. Hey, Charlie, let's get hammered. And also, don't call me a pearl, huh? Yeah, I did like that. It was a good ending. (laughs) Nice way to wrap it up. It's a quick movie. Mm Mm-hmm. 82 yeah. minutes, yeah. 82 minutes, not too shabby. Dan, what did you think of this crimson kimono? Your second time watching this? I this think? is my second time watching it was this time around. Um, I I definitely liked it the second time around because I got a lot more out of it. I got lower, well, a lot more of the subtext. At the first watch, I was kind of like, nah, it's okay. I, I was kind of, you know, it's I was like, it's, it's a Samuel Fuller movie. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I got I got a lot more out of it this time around. And, and I think yeah. it helps. It, it's a good rewatch because when you first hear of it, this was my problem as well, where it's just like you're reading about it like, wow, what this sounds like it is is going to be great. And you get some expectations. Right. Um, you know, like the love triangle stuff. It happens so quickly. That's one thing I wish there was a little more of. But mm. So, yeah, you maybe have expectations that don't necessarily get fulfilled. But once you know what you're in for, it, it's a lot smoother of a ride, I think. No, I liked it. I, I think it has that element of like, I, I'm, I'm always for, you know, those very pulpish, you know, mm-hmm. right out of like a pulp novel or, or yeah. Magazine. And this feels like that, like just the way it's it's kind of staged and stuff like that. And just very, I, I appreciate it for a lot of obviously a lot of the subtleties in it and like a lot of the stuff that were it was very progressive for the time and still very brave in, in many ways today you know oh, 100% very relevant and, and I think handled in a very a very good way I think they were able to kind of really get a lot of stuff off at a time when you know it was, you know a lot of movies were not really touching on the subject like no this, yeah in, in this manner there's yeah. nothing cringy in this movie at all yeah. like there can be with this sort of thing but no it uh it's got something to say, but it's kind of almost like a Samuel Fuller B movie, you know, like yeah. it's just kind of like a quick little yarn. But of course, it's still going to have his flourishes in it. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I, I liked it. I, I was OK with it. So, uh, just give this one a solid seven out of ten helpful nuns, Dan. I think that sounds about right. Yeah. That's where you're going to give it to. Yeah. Now that I force you to give ratings. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling that pressure that we agree, man. This is a full on first for the show. Yeah. No, I, I put I'm, that on I'm the right letterbox, Tom. Yeah. Um, well done, sir. I'm ready to have some fun with some facts. Yeah. You I don't know if you have a ton, out. but that's all right. I have some. Yeah. Um. So in, in November 1959, Columbia Pictures uh, distributed this film on a double bill with the film Battle of the Coral Sea starring Cliff Robertson. You see um, that one? I have not seen that one. No, but that would have been an interesting double bill you know, this, with, with that. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about the shots of, of Gloria Paul. AKA Sugar Torch. Uh, they had no idea you're using a hidden camera to, to film that. Glenn Corbett and uh, James Shigeta. So then there you uh, go. If they're using a hidden camera, then yeah. maybe they didn't really know what was going on. So humanity right. does suck 100%. All right. We exactly. solved that one. <laughs> you're on candy camera. Yep. Um, 
Glenn Corbett and James Chagetta also played in the movie Midway in 1976. So many years later, on opposite sides, Chagetta as Admiral Nagumo, Fleet Admiral of the Kido Butai Carrier Task Force, and Corbett as Lieutenant Commander John Waldron, who attacks the Japanese carriers and is killed in his torpedo plane. James Chagetta uh, also, I'd say, at least for my sake, of the first time I ever saw him in a film was in Die Hard as Mr. Tagagi. Tagagi. Right, right. Yeah. Great job in that movie as well. And much, much later. I mean, that's 1988. It's, you know, 20 some years or yeah, 20, almost probably 30 years later about. Um, you think someone's going to finally deep fake that movie with Frank Sinatra in it? Die Hard? What, Die Hard? Do you know about the backstory with that? No, I don't. So he did this movie called The Detective in like right. the 60s. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it would the book series it was based off of was the Die Hard book series. Okay. So they put together the Die Hard movie and he was actually under contract still to do whatever role they had, like whatever movie they do next with that character. Oh, I remember that. I remember seeing that from like the movies that made us or whatever. Right, whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I remember, now I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, uh, I'm old as shit. No. Yeah. Can't do that in <laughs> like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Nobody wants that. I, I like more of the conspiracy theory, even though I know it's not true that that uh, it was that that one henchman guy that looks exactly like Huey Lewis, but it's not Huey Lewis. It's that other. Oh, guy. Oh, yeah. That would have been great. Though. <laughs> but they look very much. Very there you go. Deep fake that in there, too, while yeah. you're at it. Yeah, I, I'm, it. I'm into that. And um, I found an interesting movie that Victoria Shaw was in that I definitely want to see. Uh, it's called Edge of Eternity. It came out also in 1959 Art with friend of the show, Cornell Wilde. Hell yeah. um, and and directed by Don Siegel uh, in Eastman Collar Cinemascope. This um, is a film noir. Um, it doesn't list it as that, but I I question that maybe because that would be amazing for it's it, it's listed as a crime film. So I wonder if if it's that usually know, it, counts, Dan. Yeah, it could count. Uh, it's actually shot on location in the Grand Canyon, and the poster itself looks amazing. Yeah, I'm um, looking at it now. It's very exciting. Yeah, so I, I definitely want to see this because it just, even if it's not as much film noir, I still want to watch it because it just looks, I mean, it's All got right, a, well, lot of, a lot of things I like about it. On the paper. lads are going to do a little side screening. Yeah. And if it's good enough, we'll, maybe we'll be seeing it in May. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think I looked up, I'm looking it up now. I can't remember off the top of my head uh, if it's available. I keep getting that. There's like a video game about that. That same title. So it's on, it's on, it is on DVD. Okay. It, it's, um, and it's actually one of the, uh, I think it's like an on demand one, but it's for, or maybe not. It's called SPE. I don't know what that label Speed. is. Yeah. But it, it does exist. Um, it had, and it has the, the cover of it is the, the is the, uh, the poster. Um, nice. you'd, you'd said, have to, you'd be a fool not to use this poster. Right. I mean, it said this, it says Savage Suspense spans the granite gorge. I mean, <laughs> talk about, you know, everything you'd want. Um, it looks like Cornell Wild punching out a guy and there's like a cable car. Yeah, I, I, I want all I want all of this is, is what I'm saying. It's there's murders, the, Dan. I mean, I, I think we could film mystery and suspense. It's yeah. got Don Siegel. Yeah, I, I, it seemed like it was like on the like on the kind of maybe on the borderline of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I say it let's risk it. Be. Let's yeah, risk I mean, I'm going to watch put, it. We're putting it on in May. It's on the schedule. Okay. The whole gang's coming along. Yeah, I want to watch it. I mean, regardless, I mean, I, I'd watch it whether we do it or not. Um, but yeah, I, I came We're doing that. it. You're watching it. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, but yeah, that's what I that's what I found, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> All right, Dan. I love it. That's good facts. I'm feeling well informed, and we're excited about another movie. So that worked mm-hmm. out very nicely. 
I also found I'm not going to give it away, but I also found it at what looks to be a very excellent Halloween film noir to have for, ne- for our next year series. Look that, at that. You got it. Yeah. Too for- I've been I I do work. I do work. I, I mean, I, I will say that I, I you know, I try to pride myself on my research. So I, I've been just researching stuff for the future and, and looking for different, you know, especially specifically theme stuff when we need stuff for, for theme related. Well, also you know, we're about to series. break off another year, Dan. So now's the time to be thinking about this stuff. Exactly. So I've, I've started coming. early. Yeah. I, I've started early and uh, the film in question, uh, I, I couldn't really find a good, I think it might be on a DVD, but I was, I was questionable, but it's actually available for free on YouTube. And it looks like a fairly okay print. So all right. It might be it's everyone's acceptable. good to go for October then. Yeah. So widely available. So yeah. And it, and it stars a, a, a very good friend of the of the show. One we actually mentioned during this episode. Oh, all right. Everyone is excited. Stay tuned for that. If you remember, come October, yeah. ask us about it. We're like, yep, it was that Playing one. the long game. Yep. You got it. Yeah. Oh, long con. That's what it's all about. Yep. Well, Dan, speaking of long, we're doing it next week. This is the big one. This is a very big one. We're breaking off a hundred. Holy shit. Wow. Well, when you got an ace in the hole like that, Dan, what movie are you going to show? <laughs> we've been keeping this ace in the hole for a long time. You talking about this ace in the hole that we've been holding up our yes. sleeves? Yep. It's been what there you, all along. What is this movie called? It's called Ace in the Hole. Quiet, everybody! Listen to me! Listen! sinister mountain, a man is buried alive, trapped by a cave-in. And from every part of a shocked and anxious nation, the crowds stream to watch the desperate rescue crews fighting against time, battering their way to the barrier of solid rock, while far below, a daring reporter makes his way into the treacherous, crumbling tunnel that is the only lifeline between the helpless victim and the outside world. You'll be out of here by tomorrow morning. No, I won't. He'll never reach me by tomorrow morning. You'll be out of here in 12 hours. Hang on! Kirk Douglas has his greatest role as the reporter who would do anything for a story. Jan Sterling becomes a star of the first rank as the not-so-heartbroken wife of the man buried beneath the mountain. Maybe we'll have a couple of drinks. Maybe you'll even take me out for a big evening, huh? Why don't you wash that platinum out of your hair? Phony, below-the-belt journalism, that's what it is. Not below-the-belt, right in the gut, Mr. Boot. Human interest. Nothing you've ever seen before has the tremendous human interest of Ace in the Hole. For here is a startling story of human emotions and human desires, played against the most exciting fight to save a man's life ever depicted on the screen. Now, when Smollett comes, you can give him your orders. Tell him to go in through the cliff dwelling, shore it up, and get him out fast. Not through the cliff dwelling. You can't get them out that way anymore. Well, actually, there's a there's another name for this movie Uh-oh. Um, um, that uh, 
And Can we be talking I, about this now or next week? Um, I think it's fun as a teaser. Okay. For this because it, it's a ridiculous name. I mean, it, it makes kind of sense once you know the movie, but the original title, it was called The Big Carnival because we were going to add this to the big, the quote unquote big ah. series. I remember we were talking about it. Um, so I can't imagine this movie be calling The Big Carnival. Well, next but, week yeah. is The Big Carnival of yes. a show. It's going to be wild of the Cornell variety. We're in 1951. We're loving the 50s, this era. Um, and then, of course, listen to us Monday for the last neo-noir member episode, Atlantic City. Yes. Burt Lancaster. A lot of good stuff coming. So, yeah, next week, you're going to love the show, just like we do. If you love it, out of the podcast on Instagram, out of the cast on Twitter. I don't like saying it, but we also did get Victor Mature's daughter following us today. Dan, oh, excellent. So. Yeah. Very cool. You know, we also have a writer from Saved by the Bell following us on Instagram. Did I tell you this? Really? Yet? Yeah. No. <laughs> and we got uh, Canopy Brad. gave us a shout out. Love Canopy. Yeah, that was They're really cool. They're always very supportive. I was things, very pleased. Things was, are good. Really cool. And, you know, we're happy to see some ratings and reviews. That always helps the show. So if you guys want to help more people hear about film noir, yeah, that thing we all love and we're trying to bug all our friends to watch. Give it, sometimes give us some stars. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> well, we're in a good era of the show, so now's the time to be showing them what we're all about. Show, show, show. Mm-hmm. Don't tell, or actually, I guess we do tell. But welcome Don't to podcast, tell, everybody. The real out of the podcast at gmail.com. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Maybe I'll get YouTube figured out in time for one hundred. I don't know. No promises. Dan might curse. A lot of things are going to be happening. <laughs> Episode 100, please join us next week. Atlantic City on Monday. Lots going on. This is the closest thing to a live episode we've ever done because I'm literally yes. about to go edit it. That's Thanks true. for your patience. We love you. Noiros forever. We're going to really celebrate everything next week. But in the meantime, we got a little teensy celebration to say, hey, here's the crime. huh? Here's the crime. Holiday crime. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Grab a piece, huh?